I've been given feedback in the past that my music's intellectual in a way that can make it almost inaccessible because maybe I overcomplicate things a little bit but I that's just how I like to write and I think explaining things to people I've kind of gone down that lane where I've been like you know this is a song about a high-class prostitute who wants to become president of the United States of America and people are like excuse me Vous écoutez Record Room, un podcast où nous faisons la connaissance du musicien que nous aimons. Voici votre présentateur, Will Felger. Bastyr is one of the most important musical talents from New Zealand. Her new album, My Design on Others' Lives, is a deeply felt work of personal experience. The title references a layered tableau of characters. We meet them in songs that spiral out from off-kilter stories of child soldiers, magnificent whales, mass movement, and the triumph of simply paying your rent on time, like parables that might read as figurations of Steer's perspective on life. Her self-produced arrangements are sharp, too. Steer has a knack for rhythms that lock bass, drum, piano, and horns onto a singular yet humanly played beat. Her voice is also an instrument that often phases, forms patterns of rhythmic dissonance, all of which engage us and turn our attention inward to our own imaginations. She trusts our ability to recognize complex elements of the music, and what a thrill it is to get lost in a steer's world. In this episode, she calls us from a balcony in Paris, where she's currently based prepping for a lengthy summer tour across Europe. You'll hear the sound of scooters zipping down narrow streets, children laughing, and dogs barking during our conversation. They are real. And I like to think they amplify the significance of a steer, demonstrating how our imaginations can be triggered by even the most ordinary moments and things. Some of the characters of the album. Yeah. Could you introduce uh, Magdalene the Virgin for everybody? Yeah, I'd love to introduce Magdalene the Virgin because yeah, I haven't talked about her in a while, and she's um, she's 
was like, yeah, a, a character that I became quite well acquainted with while I was writing that song. And um, obviously, it's um, it's kind of like something that lots of people don't know about that song is it's a it's 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 a partial biblical reference for um, Mary Magdalene, who was you know like um, the woman who found Jesus resurrected. Um, but also there was speculation they were, in fact, um, together. together. And also speculation that she was a prostitute. Um, and prostitutes have been, like, kind of, in, in ancient times, like, seen as holy kind of vessels to something greater. Like, you know, there were, there were rituals and stuff where um, prostitution, priestesses was part of <laughs> the the ceremony and so all that kind of stuff was in my back the back of my mind sorry I just jumped back when I it's okay <laughs> when I wrote um, Ambition and I was like okay so that's, that's how I came up with the name Magdalene La Virgin if that makes sense it's a reference to Mary Magdalene and the concept of a prostitute becoming president of the United States of America also kind of followed along that trajectory of, of, of thinking about something that we often deem as undesirable work, you know, in our society and how actually um, there has historically and still is, like, power in, in that role. That's how I wrote about Magdalene La Virgin, who becomes the president of the United States of America, who is also a high-class prostitute. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> a song like Control Freak, which has less of a character and more of you exploring like a nature or characterization of what were you thinking when you were writing that song? I was thinking of like that urge that people have to control things around them. And it might not be like overtly. It might not be like you have to do this and you have to do that. It might be very passive, like people who quietly manipulate their surroundings or people that um, you know are ambitious and and do certain things to to get certain places and and just that general urge in people which I think so many of us have and it manifests in different ways I was interested in exploring a narrative where that kind of emotion and desire was made into a character Stays on and the curtains keep out the cold. So if I 
my destiny But I know that time, the earth and the sky belong to everybody And no matter the situation, if nothing is guaranteed When the sunlight breaks the morning, I will indeed Because I can paint the rent How difficult was it as far as tying together all the themes of the songs that you were written? I think that they hang together quite well, but like looking at themes like place and migration, war, um, were you concerned that people would have trouble navigating that at just kind of like a literary level? I think that I, I just have to be um, true to what, what it is that I like to express. And I I do think quite heavily about kind of like philosophical and anthropological themes like identity, belonging, different cultures, like mass movement. Um, also, you know, like some of the current sociopolitical things that are happening around the world. And it's something that I, I gravitate towards lyrically because I think it's, it's fascinating and it also makes me feel kind of like a sense of bewonder and sorry, not bewonder. I want to say bewilderment and wonder, which I really, I really like to feel when I listen to music. Um, it's like, whoa, you know, like this is taking my, you know, lyrically, this is taking my brain to a place where I might not have gone otherwise. And I think that's kind of cool for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people, who do get it, get it. <laughs> At the moment, I'm, I'm just about to start um, some more tour shows for the record and they're starting and I've got a show in um, Munich on Wednesday and then I'm playing in Vanille in France and Berlin, Dijon, Nantes, Autun, Paris. Belgium, Namur, Heidelberg, Barcelona, and then the UK. So I've got um, things lined up until August, shows lined up until August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, touring is an important part of, you know, getting music out there and also connecting to people because I think when people experience a live show, they they understand more about the artist, you know, like holistically as a person and also as, as a musician. Um, and I think... For me, that's that's quite a um, that's a priority is to play, you know, as much as I can. Really, very excited that you're on the Afropunk Paris lineup as well. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> Thanks. That's be an inc- Are you coming? I wish. No, I'm not going to be able to make it to Paris, but <laughs> I will be at the one in Brooklyn. But the uh, yeah, the lineup for Afropunk Paris this year is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited about that? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you looking forward to seeing? Looking forward to seeing like heaps of the acts and um, like I really love, or there's some, some acts that I, I know like Nika and, and obviously the bigger ones like Cesar and Wizkid. Of course. What's your live setup? 
I'm curious. I've never seen you perform before. Yeah. So my live setup is Lola um, as the centerpiece with um, all the all the production programming I do with her. Then I also play um, live drums in the form of roto toms, and I play um, like a, synth- a synthesizer, a microcorg, and I have an electric guitar um, that I use as well. So I try and, because it's well at the moment like I'm touring solo, I need to. I don't want it to be stale, so I try and keep it as dynamic as possible. So I'm, I'm really busy on stage. I'm doing things all the time, but I like it that way because I don't get bored and hopefully the audience doesn't get bored either. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> it's it's great. I love it. It's ambitious and it's, uh, it's exactly what your music sounds like, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you. Do you ever... Have there been moments where you want support on stage from like another musician or, or player? Yeah, definitely. And I actually have set up um, a band format when I'm touring in New Zealand with other musicians, um, both of which are percussionists because I like to really highlight the ryth- the rhythmic side of the music. Um, and because it's working with programming, like it's quite an interesting uh, element to have you know, come into the forefront as all the different rhythms and syncopations and um, whatnot. So I work with uh, a band when I'm touring in New Zealand and that's just nice because it means that a little bit less pressure is on me and, and it's it's different for the audience because they're seeing the, the band interaction. But I also do enjoy playing solo. It's They're just two t- kind of different things and um, at the moment – yeah, because of touring and being away for so long, it makes more sense for me to do it solo if I can. Were drums your first instrument? Yeah, drums was the first instrument that I, yeah, pretty much, yeah, drums was the first, my first instrument, my first love of instrument. From drums, what did you start picking up and acquiring musically? I gravitate to, to very specifically to rhythm, and I know exactly where I want things to hit, and... I think starting the drums and, and I just love the drums because I don't know any musical theory and I didn't have to learn any musical theory for it because you could kind of, once you learn beats, you could just kind of play and start improvising and filling in the spaces. And I think a lot of producers actually start on drums for that reason because rhythm is um, kind of, rhythm is is kind of the, the, the backbone of the jigsaw puzzle, you know, um, because off a rhythm you can add notes to that rhythm and that becomes a rhythmic melody that then you know and I think that's where I build my my music up from blood on the snow had turned into gold and it shot in the way of the masses down the dry road we passed young and old their belongings pockets Oh man Where we gonna wander now Across the border Over the valley to a sunrise Far beyond Oh man Where we gonna wander now Across the border Over the valley to a sunrise Far Catching dust in our hair where we fell for 
sampling machine essentially and I've been working with Lola since about 2012 where I first bought her and I spent hours upon hours while I should have been writing essays and doing my university study just staying up all night and working out how she how she runs because it's like one of those things that when you bridge that gap in terms of operating machines like NPCs like Lola um you kind of are familiar with the general vibe, but if you haven't done it before, it just takes quite a while to figure out. But yeah, so Lola and I have been very good friends for the last uh, six years, and yeah, we still we still work together a lot. I've loved listening to the mixes of the songs on this new record. Oh, thanks. And I'm wondering if we could just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So the mixing of this album was... A collaboration with a few different engineers so essentially how this this album was made was I produced and recorded everything at home again but this time I had quite a good setup I bought you know like studio standard interfaces and um, preamps and equalizers and put everything through those and also did kind of draft mixes. And then I went and worked with a variety of engineers. One was called uh, Lee Preble, one's called Simon Gooding, and one's called um, Benny Tones. It's, it was kind of a, a bit of a weird way to do it because often people work with the same engineer to kind of uh, achieve... Have that consistency. Yeah, achieve yeah. a certain consistency. But I decided that I wanted to work with engineers that I thought... Because the songs are so kind of different from each other, I wanted to work with engineers that I thought suited uh, the specific sonic aesthetic of the songs themselves. Like, you know, how engineers have strengths in their areas. Yeah, so that's how I tried. kind of did the um, mixing. And then the mastering was all done by the same person. It's been really thrilling to listen to this record. And I mean, there's songs like Gun Kid, which... You go from like a field recording of kids at what sounds like an amusement park to gunshots leading into the drum pattern and upright bass. I just like it's it's such a wonderfully layered record. Grandmother was just kind of my way of processing the death of my grandmother, really. Yeah, so um, it was a deeply personal song in the sense that I also wrote it at the same time that I found out about her dying and that was how I helped myself to process that. Were you separated in place from her? Yeah, I was. She was in Cameroon and I was in New Zealand, so quite separated. And that's also something that the song talks about because we're um, we're quite connected in the sense that we shared the same name and um, it's also remarked on quite often by my family that there's a lot of resemblance between us and the way we look and our personalities. But um, I actually never met her, and so I was really disappointed about that. And your father's from Cameroon, right? Yeah, that's right. How has it been being in Paris? I really love the area of Paris that I'm in because it's a little bit out of the centre city and it's really diverse, multicultural. 
and this beautiful park called um, Bouchemont and it's just you walk through it and everyone is from somewhere different and there's you know children and old people and animals and yeah people wearing burkas and people doing yoga and women breastfeeding and it's just very it's got everything going on and it's really nice how does that differ from a place like wellington wellington is much much smaller like wellington's a tiny city and it's still quite diverse i think there's a higher prevalence of of people from all all parts of the world in Paris. I don't know if you know much about Wellington, but it's settled on right at the bottom of the North Island and it's completely coastal and it's very hilly and lots of forestry and lots of wind. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because I've always looked to New Zealand and, and to Kiwi artists as like being a very consistent for music and and finding music so just especially like in the last 10 years people like mm. lady six and electric wire hustle holly smith rachel frazier eva lamco mm-hmm. all so good and there seems to be a kind of like continuity with artists that come out of new zealand but in following those careers each one of them have discussed like certain difficulties or limitations with you know getting very known in new zealand and then having trouble taking the act elsewhere um, or okay. having to go you know like a lot of it is visa and, and immigration related um, okay yeah diff- difficult to come to like North America but finding great yeah. great opportunities in Europe um, yeah but then also just breaking out and I've uh, you've been a very exciting figure to come out of New Zealand you know I think I first heard Lashlight the song with Odyssey who's someone mm-hmm. I like a lot but um, mm-hmm. seeing where you go and yeah. where you're received really well. Yeah. What Growing up a young kid, child of the trigger. Bullets get smaller as I become bigger. Something in my pencil case and run it through the school gate. I demonstrate and figurate to my other classmates. Big Ben, this me and the other men. With 17 years, I'm a sniper in demand. No brass went, a hollow tears wept. I got a state silver make to vote the quotas that I'm rich. Every 
person my bullet meets is another mother's baby. Ripped from her breast, life taken by death. So if the war that we fight invites death every life, you better guard your front door. What you think I got my gun for? comfortable sharing what are you writing and working on now for maybe future releases well um, i've just started producing for other people actually so i'm working on you know yeah so that's that's fun i started working on tracks for other people and i've um i've started mixing and engineering a bit more myself as well which is stuff i wanted to learn but definitely wasn't ready to um do it for this last album but I think it's I, it's not that I want to um, mix and engineer all my own stuff because that's not my strength of expertise, but it's good when you go into a studio with an engineer to be able to be like, oh, I want this to happen, this to happen. And, you know, if you're a producer, you've got a very, very um, good idea of how you want things to sound as the end result as well. Um, yeah, so, and I'm also starting, starting to think about, yeah, it's a, you know, new, new things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm still on this album, Good. league album release album tour, so I'm trying to... <laughs> the delay between when we receive it and when you, you have to actually start talking about yeah. it, I'm sure it's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It can be a long time. What are you hoping people take away from this record, especially people who don't know you from previous releases? Um, I just hope that people can take away a, a new, a new kind of um, like sense of 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 looking at the world, of experiencing the world, um, and I always really hope that somehow my music sparks other people's creativity because for me that's like it's the most kind of freeing space to be in where you're listening to something and it takes you to a place where um, you might not expect and, you know, in a sense. Yeah, so I just hope that it um, it just makes people think about a few things and I hope they enjoy it. 
Vous pouvez en apprendre plus sur Esther en cliquant sur les détails de l'épisode. Record Room est réalisé et présenté par Will Falker. Le mixage et mastering sont faits par Federico Fobia. Les dessins sont créés par Tom McQuaid et l'indicatif musical est créé par Davul Anthony. La traduction a été faite par moi, Ethan Kelly. Merci de votre attention. Mm. I was a